0: praise the lord praise the lord you're welcome to the concluding path of the bible study that we began on sunday can we just pray shortly let's pray shortly and ask the lord to minister to us ask the lord to open your eyes ask the lord to speak to you by his spirit That as we learn from him this evening, our lives will be transformed. In Jesus' name. Our Father and our God, we thank you once again. We are grateful to you, Lord God Almighty, because it is your will to revive us. And that is why, Lord God, you are bringing your word away. Lord, even as Lord God Almighty, O God, we learn from you this evening, may you open our eyes by your spirit. May you impact our lives, O Lord. May you transform us, O King of Glory, that you use us, Lord God, to transform, Lord God Almighty, the society, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you have your way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Like we all know, the topic of our study is um, the first century church. Case study of genuine revival. We're asking the Lord to revive us, and we're using the the early church as an example. By God's grace, on Sunday, we were able to identify from the passages that we read with their lifestyle, the qualities, the things that distinguished them. And for the benefit of those of us that were not there on Sunday. I think I'll go to an introduction once again and then just summarize questions 1 to 3 before we start from 4 because we, actually, we had them 1 to 3 on Sunday. And the introduction says, The Fleming Herald defines revival as when the saints return to normal, when the Holy Spirit becomes their oxygen, when a hunger to know God is the norm, when being conformed to the image of Jesus is their focus. When evangelism and discipleship become a lifestyle for them and we said that these were the qualities of the early church and no wonder they were able to turn the world upside down then the church today has a lot to learn from the early church to be in a position to play her role to help the dying world and influence her generation for god may the lord help us through this study to encounter him And to experience genuine revival. Praise the Lord. And then from the discussion questions, question one, you know, we tried to identify the qualities of the first century church from the passages that we read. We saw that the first century church that, um, the things that actually made them different was that first and foremost, they encountered the Lord. Every one of them that had a relationship with the Lord and then they continued in fellowship with the lord and with one another and then they continued in the apostles teachings they were steadfast in prayer they had unity of purpose they had one common goal to walk with the lord and we also saw that um they they shared the things that they had in common they gave sacrificially you know some of them that had land, they had to sell their lands to meet the needs of the brethren they preached the word of God with boldness because, you know, they were with the Lord. In fact, people that met them then, they all testified that those people, they, 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 were, they have been with the Lord. And then we also saw that God performed signs and wonders through them and that they were examples to people around them. They were able to silence false prophets by their way of life. And then men were added to them daily God, you know, was saving a lot of people, and um, the fellowship was growing. And we also saw that um, they worked with the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit was their life support. All that they did, they depended on the Spirit of God. And that was why they were able to make um, such a tremendous progress. Praise the Lord. And then we also, um, in question two, considered whether the church today, you know, had the same qualities. And we all agree from the passages that we read and from examples that we cited that um, today's church is not like the first century church. We saw that um, while the first century church, they were zealous you know, for the things of God, they were on fire for God, that, today's, that, that today, the church today seemed to be lukewarm, seemed to be cold, seem to be proud, seem to be lovers of themselves, of lovers of God, that they seem to have a, a, a form of godliness, an appearance of godliness, but they deny the power of the word of God. They do not allow the word of God to influence their lifestyle. You know, we also saw that the, the church of today, that, um, that this thing about them, that they're, that they're ever learning, they have so much knowledge, but that knowledge is not making any impact, whether in their lives or in the society where they live in. Praise the Lord. And then we also, in question three, consider the lessons that we can learn from the first century church and you know, from those qualities we saw in question one, we said if we apply those things in our lives today, in our lives will be different. Praise the Lord. So we'll start from question four. Question four says, identify the factors that are responsible for the state of the church today. First Corinthians three, one to four. And as we did on Sunday, if you read a passage, you identify um, the factors from that passage. 1 Corinthians
1: 3, 1-4 1 Corinthians 3, from verse 1-4 to And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able." For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, and ye are, ye are ye not carnal and walk as men. For while one saith, I am Paul, another saith, I am Apollos, and ye are not are ye not carnal. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. From the passage we learnt, we just read, the present-day church had a lot of carnality in them. They, we are still involved in envy, in strife, divisions, and so many other things that we see in the world today. They keep on hearing the word of God. Probably they've given their life to Christ, but they don't want to grow. They don't want to leave their comfort zone. They, probably they believe in the master, but they don't want to let go those things that it takes for you to really be born again and to grow. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Carnality, living in the flesh, division, envy, jealousy. 2 Timothy 4:10. 2 Timothy
2: 4:10. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Christians has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. From this passage, there is love of the world. The church, the present day church, there is so much love for things of the world. Thank
0: you. Praise the Lord. Love of the world, trying to be like the world, competing with the world. And of course, as long as the church wants to be like the world, there's no way the church will be able to influence the world. Isaiah 59 1 2.
2: Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to see, and his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. The main thing here is sin. Sin separates us from God. God can hear our prayers, he can do whatever. So the the, the church today, though we come to church, we hear the word of God, but still, We have not really said bye-bye to sin. We claim that we are born again, but still iniquity is still ravaging us and eating us up, and we are not even sensitive to that. And that's why it seems that the church is not really impacting the world.
0: Praise the Lord, sin, naming the name of the Lord, but not departing from iniquity. And that is why the church today is powerless. Isaiah 64, 7.
3: Isaiah 64 verse 7 No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins Praise the Lord
0: Alleluia.
3: I think this passage is talking about the sleeping state of the church You know today Christians are no longer spending time in the place of communion in prayer with God we are very relaxed and have everything, and we don't really see the need for prayers anymore and communion with God, personal study of the Bible, and what does God really say concerning a matter. So, a lot of us have left our altar dry and cold, and we don't really want to hear from God anymore. We actually send ourselves full of activities, but yet not sent of God. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know being too, too too relaxed, being prayerless, and all that, and as long as them um, you know the 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 hand of the Lord is not upon us, there's no way we'll be able to you know, influence um, our surroundings, so you know when we're talking about the church today, we're talking about ourselves, and like we said, the essence of this study is that through it, the Lord you know will open our eyes to maybe our state, and then the things maybe that we we'll need to change. And then asking for grace to help us change those things. So as, as we have identified these factors, it's for us to ask ourselves personally, carnality. Am I carnal? In my thinking? In my conduct? Do I live in the flesh? Do I allow this, the flesh to, to dictate to me the things I do? Or is it the spirit of God that dictates to me the things that I do? Do I still live in envy, jealousy, division, and all that? You know. And then, do I love the world? And it, 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 I can say I do not love the world, but the things that I, I go for, that the things that will determine whether I love the, the, the world or not, you know, the way I conduct my life is what will determine whether I love the world or not. So by my conduct, do I show that I love the world or that I love the Lord? Or is sin still reigning over me? Is it still reigning over my life and all that? And if sin is still there, there is no way the power of God, you know, will work. Because the Bible says that they that name the name of the Lord must depart from iniquity. Praise the Lord. And then, how, how far are we is our, is our altars, and life? You know, is that fire in our altars, personal altars? Do we pray as we should pray? Because if our personal individual altars are on fire, when we come together, the whole place will be lit. But, you know, if maybe there are still patches here and there, you know, definitely it will, you know, it will show when um, we come together. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help us. God. you want to say something before we random?
4: In First Corinthians chapter three, verse two, Paul was writing there. He said, "I had fed you with milk and not with solid food, because you couldn't handle anything stronger, and you still aren't ready." Here, Paul was pointing out, and uh, that's what we see today. You know, everybody is now in the church, and uh, we believe we are Christians. In those days, if you want to be a Christian, you must separate yourself. You must call what is sin, sin. And uh, if you are not ready, then you don't join them. But today, because we want people to come to church, because we don't want people to feel so bad, because we are calling sin, sin. So everybody is accommodated, and we are going to church. And because of that, it has actually affected the church, and church cannot move on that way. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May the Lord help us. Question five. How can the church experience true revival? Revelation three seventeen to twenty.
5: Revelation three seventeen to twenty. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. eighteen. I cancel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye show that you may see 19 as many as i love i rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent 20 the last verse behold i stand at the door and knock if any anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and die with him, and he with me. Praise God. This place is just trying to address us that sometimes man, as humans we are, may think that our possessions, what we have in life, may save us from from the things that would, like, from every evil that will come, like our possessions and everything. But here the Lord is trying to, to let us know, uh, to counsel us, That we should set our mind off from those things because there is no safety in it. That instead we should repent and then return to him. That our nakedness may not be seen and we will
6: be saved in him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. From that place I also want to point out that he was trying to say something like, We shouldn't feel like we have arrived in knowing God. We should learn to acknowledge our inadequacies so that God will be able to reveal Himself more to us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
7: Praise the Lord. I also want to comment here that for how the church can experience true revival today is one realizing that we have defaulted, you know, because that's where it all starts from. You cannot correct someone that claims he's where, you know, he knows what he's doing. So, but if we realize that we have erred, we have not met to the glory of God, that's a starting point. And also, buying of gold, ointment, he says there, you know, we focus on earthly riches, but there are uh, spiritual exercises we do, you know, these are things that will bring us close to God. Praying, searching the scriptures, you know, seeking for the mind of God. You know, all these things are ways we can buy spiritual ointment for us. Praise the Lord.
0: Praise the Lord. Yes, there's something he said which I think and we need to emphasize. He said that the, what is basic is our acknowledging our state. It is when you realize that you're sick that you go to a doctor. If you feel you're okay, I mean, you, you won't have any need to go to a doctor. Even when people are saying that, ah, there's sickness and all that, I mean, you will feel it does not concern you because you're okay. But if you realize your state, you know, God opens your eyes to see those areas that you're not doing well, then you cannot humbly go to him in prayer and say, Father, help me in this area, help me in that area, praise the Lord. Then Jude three.
4: Jude three he says, "Loved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints." So the way the church can experience true revival today is by contending endlessly for the faith. So if you look at that word, contention, it is very, very deep. Um, The Greek of that word says epigonomazihi. So you find out that that was the same word that Jesus Christ used in Luke chapter 13, verse 24. When he says, strive to enter the gates... In other words, there are a lot of things around you that want to push you away. You must strive. He said, if you don't strive, you will not be able to. end. if you don't contend, you will not be able to make it at last. Hallelujah.
0: Yes. Praise the Lord. One other way is in contending, striving, making efforts making efforts to hold on to that faith that we once received in a lot of things that are coming up today as teachings doctrines that look like the faith that look like what we received but not really what we received and all that but the, the, the Jude is advising us here urging us to hold on to that gospel that we received hold on to it and and it's not and when when he talks about contending like he said it's not what you just do casually no so many things will come up, you know, to to try to sway you, you know, try to bring in an addition to it or a removal. But what he's saying is that make sure that as those things are coming, you know, that you're, you're making efforts, serious efforts to hold on to that which you receive. Believe it. Believe it. Even when it it seems as if, oh, you know, there's some other thing that seems to be working faster than others. Like today, when it comes to praying, we know you go to God in prayers. You know, pour your heart to him. But today so many other things are coming up, you know. You pray with this, you pray with that, you pray with the other one to receive results. Do this ordinance here. Do not give heed to those things. Because maybe in the quest to get quicker answer to your prayers, those things will come to sway you so that you will go in in order to get quicker answer, you will now become part of them. But he says no. Even as those things are coming, stand your ground make efforts hold on to what you believed first because it will never fail you even if it seems as if it's taking a little time for what you're trusting god to manifest hold on to it because that gospel that we first received nothing has been added to it and nothing will ever be added to it until the end of age so make efforts to hold on to it praise the lord and then acts 1 8.
5: when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This place is just trying to let us know that another way we can boost revival in our century, in our generation now is true, sincere evangelism.
0: Praise the Lord, yes. Evangelism man.
8: Praise the Lord. Okay, that passage says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This power is very essential. I mean, you really cannot evangelize without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you will have obstacles. You will have challenges. You need the Holy Spirit to be able to push on and push ahead. Praise the Lord. Praise
0: the Lord. In fact, we, we, we cannot talk about revival without the Holy Spirit. There's no revival that is not born by the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. The first century church were able to make the impact that they made because they walked with the Spirit of God. And today, if we make any impact, we must walk with the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus said, stay. Be filled. with, the, with, with, with the, you know, the, the, There will be an outpouring of the Spirit upon you. Then when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And then when you now receive power, you can now go out. To become witnesses. And that is what we need today. We need an infinite of the Spirit of God, and then that power that will come with Him, and then we'll now go forth to evangelize. Praise the Lord. And then Zechariah 10, verse 1. Zechariah 10, verse 1.
3: Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. It is the Lord who makes the storm clouds. He gives showers of rain to men and plants of the field to everyone. So from here we can see that revival is actually a God program. It's a God program. So we must not see it as an activity. Okay, maybe as a church program or one of those activities we use to fill up our year program in church. We must actually see see it as a program of God and we must... Partner with the one who has the program. So we can't just be shouting and ranting revival without partnering with him who is in his hands to make our cause revival. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
3: Praise the Lord.
4: From this passage we can decipher that revival can be better in the place of prayer. So if you don't cook revival first of all in the place of prayer, it can't manifest in the physical. And he said, "Ask the Lord in the time of the right rain." That means we, must, as a church, we must be sensitive to God's timing and calendar. So we know that we are in the season right now that God wants to usher in revival into our world. If we, as a church, don't go and tarry in the place of prayer, it can never manifest. Hallelujah.
9: To Butress, uh, need because the question here is how can we, how can the church experience true revival? That's the burden of what we've been asking for. That's actually the burden of our Bible study as we looked at the first century church. We also see ourselves how short we fall where we have not measured to their own lifestyle and then how we can make up because it's the same God and it's the same premise the same program in the New Testament and so using Zechariah 10:1 as an anchor ask you of the Lord rain in the time of the letter rain so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field rain actually in the scripture, usually typifies blessings. And rain is also another symbol in the scripture, especially in the Old Testament, for a time of refreshing, which is another aspect of revival, a time of revival. In Hosea 6, we said, After two days He will revive us. Then we shall know if we follow on to follow the Lord. He's is going forth. It's like the morning. And it shall come unto us as a latter rain. So when the scripture usually uses rain, latter rain, moderate rain, is in the like of a time of refreshing. God visiting his people. God pouring his grace in his people. God by his own power, now by the spirit manifesting upon his people. So this typical... Revival has two sides. Revival has our own side as man. Revival has God's own side in the Holy Spirit. And this meets in this Zechariah chapter 10. For us, we should be hungry. For us, we should desire. For us, we should ask God, put us to where we need to be, to measure up to the fullness of the stature of Christ, to live. That hunger will always be there. Etched in prayer, that is relentless. Etched in a hunger to now desire to know more of God, as the disciples did in the first century. They continued in the apostles' doctrine and teaching. So hunger for the word of God. And like we read in Revelations chapter 3 Never being contented with where we are And calling sin, sin And repenting of every area Where we have either gone to the world Or gone back to the flesh And relented So the three aspects of man's rule in revival Relentless prayer And repentance out of the word of God As well as Repentance from every known sin. He says now, have a hunger. And as you do, the God aspect of revival, the one the Holy Spirit does, he who now brings that reviving, the refreshing, the boldness, the power, the spread of the influence of God, without which every other thing would be mechanical. So we see it here. He's asking us to be hungry. And to realise that we need the Holy Spirit to quicken it up. When God's Holy Spirit now sees our hunger, our desire, our readiness, as individuals, we begin to get revived. As a church, we can have true revival. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we'll go over to question
0: six. Discuss the effect of true revival in the church and the society in general. Psalm 85, 6 to 12. Psalm 85, 6 to 12.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Psalm 85,
1: 6 to 12. Among the gods, Psalm 85, 6 to 12, will thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is near them that fear him. That glory, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are made together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yeah, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. From this passage, we can see that it is actually the will of the Master to give us all that we need. He is eager. He is more prepared than we are. But um, from verse 8, you can see that he said, but let them not turn again to folly. Christians are bound to. They are not bound, but most, most times, they find themselves going back to that thing which they rejected. Going back to the place where God met them. You know, going back to sin. That is one of the uh, things that hinders revival. Praise the Lord.
0: Praise the Lord. The effect of... Um
7: True revival in the church
0: and the society.
7: Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, From verse six of that Psalm 85, it says there will be rejoicing. You know, uh, the effect of revival is that uh, the the people will be will be happy because there are effects of god's good doings you know blessings in the land and there will be rejoicing even in our own lives there, there could be you know good effects or the blessings that comes with revival that will happen and it causes us to be happy and rejoice in the lord praise the lord
0: and you praise the lord said i'll be rejoicing among the people you know when 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 god is really in charge there's no way they will not be rejoicing When the Holy Ghost is in control, they'll be rejoicing because apart from the fact that the the needs of the people will be met, you know the people will be fulfilling the purpose for which God called them. I mean there's no way they will not be rejoicing, praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Okay. From verse nine says that,
5: that glory may dwell in our land. One of the effects in the church today is that the glory of the Lord will be upon his children. Then, secondly, his mercy and truth will also abound. And then, righteousness and peace
0: will dwell among the people. Praise Praise the Lord. Yes, there will be mercy and truth that the glory of God, just as the waters cover the sea, will cover the whole earth, cover the whole land. You won't even need to tell people, give your life to Jesus. Because, I mean, they will see why they will give their lives to Jesus. Praise the Lord.
8: In the last chapter, last verse there, the Bible made us to know that when his people are revived, the church is revived, there will be righteousness. Mm-hmm. And this righteousness is what will make us to step, um, move in the steps of God, meaning that we will live to please him. We will live according to his will. So that's one of the effects of revival in this society.
2: Hallelujah. His people will walk in righteousness. Okay, in verse 8, he promises peace to his people when there is revival and there is righteousness. And then if you go down to verse 12, he says, The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. That means there is going to be plenty, and the Lord is going to give us that which is good once there is revival. the church.
0: Yes, once there is revival, the Lord will give us what is good, and our land will yield an increase. We will see it is not just land ordinarily, you know, the land that you till and you plant. Business people will experience, you know, um, a kind of um, harvest. 1st that i'll be marveling that you know that this is beyond man that there's a hand of god in it those that are civil servants they will experience promotion those that are students you know you will see them you know having results that you know is beyond just um, what the ordinary brain can you know can can birth and all that you, you know people extraordinary things will begin to happen why because it's no longer in the energy of the flesh that men are doing the things that they are doing It's now the spirit of god that is in charge and we will experience supernatural increase supernatural manifestations praise the lord and then isaiah 64 1 to 3
4: Isaiah 64, 1 two, 3. Isaiah 64, 1 two, 3. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth, the fire caused the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thy adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence, when thou these terrible things which we look not for thou camest down and the mountains flowed down at thy thy presence. Look at verse 1. One of the effects of true revival is the manifestation of God in every realm of human endeavor, in every realm of life. And God is expecting that each and every one of us will yield ourselves to the Spirit of God so much that we'll be filled up with God so that wherever we appear, it's as if It is God that has appeared. Until that begins to happen, it is not true revival. Hallelujah.
8: Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, from that passage, you will also see that when there is revival, God's adversaries, the unbelievers, they will come to know that indeed God is God. And then, in our generation, many a time, we begin to ask ourselves, what about those miracles we have read about in Scripture? Why are they not happening in our own time? Scripture there also says that when there is revival, we will begin to see them. They will begin to manifest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord. God will be known among the people. There will be miracles, extraordinary miracles. Praise the Lord. Second Chronicles seven fourteen.
5: God, by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Praise God. Mm-hmm. This place is just pointing to us that, first of all, there are key words that I would want to point out, and that is humble, pray, seek, and then turning away from, from wicked ways If only the children of God Who are called by the name of the Lord Will humbly do all these things Then God is assuring us That any time Any time in, in, in our life That we call upon him He will always answer us So one of the effects is always as, an, as a guarantee of answered prayer Yeah, that is it Praise God
0: Praise the Lord, yes. Answered prayers
2: guaranteed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to bring it closer to what is happening currently globally. If only we can come before God in penitence and repent of all our sins and ask God for forgiveness. God is going to heal our land. He's going to heal the world of this global pandemic that is going on and is ravaging the world. So if only Christians can stand in the gap at this time, just like Aaron did, we can pray, we repent of all our sins and of all our wicked ways. And God is ever ready to heal us. Praise God.
6: Hallelujah. Healing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. On the same healing, the healing will also touch Nigeria. This is our land that is filled with milk and honey. Yet, we live in abject poverty. I believe that when God heals us, we'll be able to reap of what He has blessed us with. And we'll also experience peace. All this Boko Haram, this Boko Haram, that if we'll have true revival, we'll be able to experience peace too in this land. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord.
9: This uh, passage actually again summarizes the components of what man needs to do for revival. If my people, those who sincerely now have confessed their faith in Christ, who are called by his name, who humble themselves and pray, so prayer is there, and seek my face, you seek God's face also by seeking his word to know what he is saying that we should do and where we have deviated. So the word of God is there, renewed obedience to the word of God and turn from their wicked ways, repentance from every other aspect. When God sees that heart, he will not only forgive our sin, he will heal the land, and we're asking the effect of revival on the church and in the society. Earlier in the year we gave us a typical scenario of a present-day community, not abstract, Alma Longa in Guatemala. Those who know Guatemala is one of the poorest countries in the world. Guatemala is in South America. And Alma Longa is just a small community of about 180 or so thousands of people there who before We are sold unto idolatry. Every other God, many of their men were wife beaters. They got drunk and then there was a lot of cruelty. But it took one man and another and another who kept praying, God, visit our land, forgive us our sins. And as he kept praying, the Holy Ghost took over. And today, as we are speaking, because we can Google Alma Longa, we will see in every aspect of what we Google that Alma Longa is now 90% born-again Christians, confessing their faith in Christ Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. What they used to crop is vegetables, orchard. And up to today, their vegetables, their orchard, and the cucumber that they grow is reputed to be larger than that in any other region of that land. And people come there to now buy, they export. Families that were poor and wretched now can fend for themselves. The men who used to be wife beaters have gotten so softened. They stay home and they are the best and they lead their families in altars and prayers. And you find them so kind, we read, that there used to be violence. Where they used to have more than 25 cells or so, they have all closed down. The policemen have no work to do because nobody is committing violence. The animals are unused to the kindness now. So, not only in the church, in renewed obedience to God's word, many more people are giving their lives to Christ. As you watch the lies and the peace and joy on the face of this one, they just come in. They troop in. The society has changed, and everybody can witness it. So, as Psalm 85 was talking there, the Lord shall do that which is good. Our land shall yield our increase. Righteousness will be seen on our land. And everybody will feel the impact of God's presence. It will be as if God veritably is there. We are desiring to have that. And we can have it. In the name of Jesus.
0: Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have seen that the, the effect of revival is tremendous. If we start discussing about the, the effect of revival from now till next tomorrow, I mean, we'll not finish. It's tremendous. It, it's glorious. And our prayer is that the Lord will grant us true revival. In our days, we shall see revival. Praise the Lord. So, in summary... We saw, we identified the factors that are responsible for the state of the church today. And our prayer is that the Lord will help us to depart from carnality, love of the world, sin, prayerlessness, and any other thing that will bring separation between us and God. And that he will help us to return back to him. He will help us to humble ourselves before him, acknowledge our sins, repent of those things, turn away from those things that are not right in his sight, Begin to do the things that are pleasing to him. And he will help us to earnestly contend the faith for the faith that we once received. Holding tightly to it and not allowing anything to come in between us and our relationship with God. And then we will allow the spirit of God to guide us, to lead us. And then we will pray earnestly for revival. We trust the Lord as we do so. We will see all these effects of revival. And even more in our lives, in the church in the society in general, and particularly now that the world is in their need of God, let us all go back to our closets and call upon God, ask him to revive us as individuals, ask him to revive his church, and ask him to visit our land so that there will be increase once again, there will be rejoicing once again, there will be peace, and then men will turn to him in repentance. Praise the Lord. Do we have any questions before we conclude? Any question? Praise the Lord. Conclusion. Revival is a time when God is truly seen as God. When you do not need to explain him to people. You do do not need to hold brief for him. You know sometimes now because, you know, (laughs) we try to hold brief for him. When... It's like, oh, this ought to happen, it's not happening. You try to explain why it's not happening, trying to defend him. When nobody will need to defend God, God will be seen as God. And we trust him that such time will come when he will be seen in his glorious majesty. This is what we desperately need, and that is what we're praying for. Praise the Lord. Our memory verses taken from Psalm eighty, verse nineteen. Can we take it together? Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. In the light of our discussion this evening, can you just go to God in humility? Can we go to him asking him to open our eyes to our shortcomings? Let's ask him to grant us grace, to drop whatever it is that will hinder his move in our lives. As we ask him to grant us true and genuine revival. Let's ask him to walk in our lives once again. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to take over our thinking, our conduct, everything pertaining to us. Let's surrender everything to him and ask him, Spirit of God, come and take absolute control, that the name of the Lord will be glorified in our lives. Our Father and our God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Our Lord, our prayer, O oh God, is that as we leave this place, your Spirit will continue to nudge us. Your Spirit will continue to speak, Lord God Almighty, God, to us. Lord God, you continue to, Lord God Almighty, your God, minister to us. Father, Lord, do you will not give us rest, O God. Our Lord and our Father, you will grant us grace to turn away from everything, Lord God Almighty. That will be a barrier, Lord God, to our visiting us because we know that you are poised to visit us. Our Lord and our Father, Lord God, nothing King of glory, Lord God, will hinder this, your move, even in a time like this. May we all be part of it, O God, and may we all benefit, O King of glory, even in that which will come by reason of your visitation in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Because we believe you, O King of glory, that, Lord God, as you revive your church, you will revive, Lord God, the entire society. You will revive, Lord God, mankind. And even this present, Lord God, challenge that we have now, along by your spirit, O oh Lord God Almighty, Lord King of glory, it will be, Lord God, a thing of the past, and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.